0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of my podcast drained. Well, it's been it's been a minute. It's been really long since I did this it actually feels kind of awkward coming out of my mouth that I have a podcast, but I'm excited to do this, uh, this episode, specifically because this is my first recording with someone who went to school in Africa, specifically in Tanzania. And I met her just recently. And um, she was gracious enough to agree to be on my podcast. I'll let her introduce herself, but before that, uh, we're gonna be talking today. We're gonna we're going to be talking about post grad stress. Um, I think this is one of those things that we don't get prepared for, you know, as adults or adulting, et cetera. And I actually like this conversation today because I guess we compare the stress, post grad stress, if you're in a college in the US for me versus if you went to school back home, because I really think there's a difference. Uh, Anyways. Without much further ado, I will let Natasha introduce herself. Natasha, please tell, please tell us your name, where you're from, um, what you studied, and I guess a reason why you wanted to be on this podcast, or this episode. Yeah.
1: Well, again, like you said before, my name is Natasha Said Ali. I am from Zanzibar. I went to Hubert Kairi Memorial University in Dar es Salaam and I studied medicine and i have just finished my medical internship so i've pretty much been in uni or some sort of formal training situation for the past 6 years and the post grad stress is real my friend <laughs> yeah it is
0: yeah um so i'm going to start us off by um, first of all for me i'm going to say for me before i graduated i thought i had things figured out you know i had a plan i had you know i knew what i was going to do immediately after college etc. And obviously it's different because here you, you have to wait for your work authorization to come and all that stuff before you can start working. I want to know what your plans were as you prepared for graduation. Like, is that a thing that, you know, you sit down and you know if I graduate tomorrow, I'm gonna be doing XYZ?
1: Well, it depends on what course you did and the kind of person that you are. Let's say, if, if you did a med- if you went to medical school, it's simple. After graduation, you're going to be a medical intern. That's true. So you So so you're you're, you're you're coming 12 months are already figured out if you're in Tanzania, if you're in West Africa. Africa, Like, I think Ghana and Nigeria, they do internship for two years. So I could say that much is figured out. But then again, it depends what you want to get out of the internship. Some people already know they want to do pediatrics or surgery or something else. So they know, like, you know, I'm just going to waste my time with these other departments, but this is my focus. Some others go in there to get the experience so that they decide, you know, what is it that I'm going to like? Others are like, okay, let me just do it so that I decide. So that I know when I make up my mind not to practice, I did the right decision from, from experience. If you graduated from other courses, it depends on the kind of things you did. Most people that did a lot of extracurricular would have a lot more connections. So it would be easy. It, getting a job would be as easy, as, easy as, getting a, as making one phone call. But for others, it's very difficult. I mean, someone called me after two years of graduation I was supposed to write a CV. Can you please show me how you how you do that? And I'm like, God, shouldn't you have had that done three three years ago?
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: So but so it really depends on the person that you are, the kind of uni you went, the extracurricular activities you were involved in, and and your your circle, really.
0: Yeah. Well, I think I think that I'm going to go back to something that you said. Uh, it depends on who you are, your extracurriculars, where you went to school. I think there's a, there's definitely an element of privilege in terms of like, you know, what resources your school can offer, um, you know, the connections that they can give and all that. But for the most part, a lot of us graduate with zero plans or our plans don't, you know, things don't go as planned. And you're, you're you know, you've been in school for four, five, six years and all of a sudden you don't have class to go to. And now you're just at home, right? Like you don't know you don't know what what next, what to do, how to navigate this new life. And I think that's where the post grad anxiety comes from. And I'm wondering whether you experienced some form of it, whether or not you were employed, like that. Just that I guess the transition, you know, from from being in school to not being in school, how that felt for you and how you coped, etc.
1: Well, to be very honest, I would actually say I did not have that stress at all because I remember having a job two months before uni finished, like formal classes finished.
0: So I had yeah. to ditch
1: classes to go to work. So when uni finished, I had to wait for at least two months and then I would go to the internship. So I was really happy because normally when internships start, you don't get paid right away. So you find yourself working for almost a month and a half without money. So I was really happy that I actually had a job back then. So I would actually save so when like internship salary comes late, at least I had something to live on. Mm-hmm. Th- th- that's how it was for me. But then again, like, like you said, sometimes an element of privilege or something from, you know, the kind of person that you are, the kind of people that you know, the university and stuff. But then again, I can tell you one thing, there's definitely a, like, if there's one constant, it's hard work. Even if you have the contacts and the privilege, if you can't keep the hard work and keep the things going, Somewhere along the line they just crumble right in front of your eyes and you lose all the opportunities you had. Like I remember working when I was in fourth year uni. I had a job, I had a project and I had a lot of family issues to no no family issues to take care of. But then again, I'm the kind of person whereby you'd wanna go home to at least, you know, see your parents on the weekend, maybe, you know, help cleaning, or maybe there's a function at home. So you wanna be there, you know. You're a girl, you you expected to be around at least do something around there so I mean it was it was a lot but you need like I guess it was easy for me to keep focused on the work because I knew if I I don't get a salary out of the job I'm having I'm just going to be a broke student in uni (laughs) so in in a way I I could say losing my student loan was like the biggest blessing like I look back right now Mm -hmm. if I had had my student loan for the past two like for the last two uni years I would have been a couch potato like seriously yeah. Like, but once I lost my student loan, that's when I got up, looked for a job, did this and that and the other, kept my connections, and you know, I took my network network serious and that kind of thing.
0: Yeah. So so you never felt any kind of confusion like between graduating and postgrad, as in you know, adulting, what am I doing? Those existential questions, cetera, You know. Oh that yeah. Can...
1: Personally, not really because okay. Like I said, I finished med school, I went to internship. Yeah. And now that, okay, I just finished internship last, I mean, this week we could say. So I've been yeah. eating and sleeping this whole week. But I, but I know even if, like, I, I I need to start applying to work and, you know, hospitals and stuff. But maybe I'm just going to, like, call my old boss and ask him, what what do you have going on around there? Maybe I could come and do this and this while I look for a hospital job. Mm-hmm. But I would understand where, where you're coming from. Because I've seen, like, coming from a very big family, I have like tens of cousins who go through all these things i mean you 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 see someone coming from someone who has all, who has it all figured out from the last year of uni and you hear interviews and projects and stuff, and somehow they graduate and they start you know eating and sleeping at home yeah I mean and somehow I, everything changes yeah. so i would I, I do understand and and i think I think the most important thing, at least coming from like the, the experience I've had in uni or through friends and through friends of from other universities is it's kind of like being prepared and being ready being ready for whatever counts but at least having like some sort of backup plan like if this happens I'm gonna try this or I'm gonna try that yeah sometimes get okay getting a job from the medical field is a bit easier compared to other other fields but then again looking back I know like the government hasn't hired a big chunk of doctors that finished two years before I graduated. So mm-hmm. I think the struggle is real, You know, I, especially I, if you're picky with jobs.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think I'm going to go back to like the comment about being picky with jobs and, and just one question. So for you, mm-hmm. once you graduate, throughout your medical career, and post, you always knew that you were going to go into like the medical field. Yeah, kind of. Okay. Because I think that's also one of the, a lot of the people that I've spoken to who ex- experienced kind of some confusion post-grad is you studied one thing in college and you can, you went through it, right? And then it's your graduation day and you're like, oh, okay, um, you know, what next? Like, what do I do with this? Um, and I don't know whether that's a difference between going to college in the U.S. versus going to college back home um, in the sense that when, you, for example, for your medical degree, once you, when you take medicine, you know that, you, you know there's you know what the path is versus a liberal arts degree that's very general you
1: I mean, have no idea what of that you're going to do in real life yeah you they tell
0: they tell you you can do anything but then it's that it's what that, does
1: anything mean Yeah.
0: what yeah. is anything it's all those choices that that get to you and you're like okay w- you know what do i pinpoint uh, where do i you know what do i even start looking at what do i narrow in on and blah 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 that kind of thing um Anyway, so yeah, I think I honestly, I, my, my opinion of that is that there's a difference in how the purpose of school, I don't know, maybe you can comment on this. The purpose of school, no, more I like, think I
1: can tell you, I, I can give you two examples. Yeah. Once I was having in like one of the meetings I've had, we, we had this, I, I think he was, if he wasn't a director, or the CEO of some company, mm-hmm. he's like, one thing we're really struggling these days is getting new graduates to work. You hire them; they tell everything you want to in an interview. But they come to they come to work, and they have no idea what they're doing. It's like a very big gap between the working environment, and the kind of things you teach them at school. Mm-hmm. So I think there should be. I, I I think we people who need workers at some point need to invest in teaching people that are already in you already in training the kind yeah. of things they are to expect more than just the books. So if that is an employer saying that imagine a 22 23 year old newly employed assuming they're the best of where they came from and they go to work and everything is doing that imagine that kind of confusion yeah so even if she was sure of of what she was going to do at least sure of the kind of path she's going to take that's when you start questioning everything you know and is it even worth it did did i were my three years of uni worth it kind kind of situation so so i've actually seen that and I've had this, okay, this is a very funny story, but this friend yeah. of mine, I think he did some sort of engineering. Mistake, if he was not telecom, he should be software. Mm-hmm. He was really good at what he does. At least he believed that. He assumed. <laughs> I mean, he felt it. He felt like he was really good and he was ready to move into the world. Yeah. And then somehow he had, a, he had an internship in Israel. And mm-hmm. then he went there. He's like, do you, do you understand how people are speaking in English and you have no idea what they're saying? Yeah. And you're supposed to be knowing what English is for the past 20, 20 years. Yeah. That is how clueless I felt. I was really angry at the education I had and how useless it felt and how <laughs> I wish I had spent my three years doing something else because this was supposed to be something I'm really good at. I felt really good. I was praised for doing. And here I am clueless, not even understand what they're saying in English language.
0: Yeah,
1: you So know, I'm, li- I'm like, yeah. this is the kind of situation you have sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, no, actually, but with medicine it's simple you yeah. practice what you're taught and be, I mean it's not like, like it's gonna be very big differences between country to country or how different systems work but okay. the human the human body is a human body you That's, probably are going to handle emergencies the same way give or take considering the resources you have so at least mm-hmm. that makes it easier
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah that makes sense you know I'm, I'm actually curious I don't uh, you know okay I'm I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna ask because you mentioned it. Uh, you said you had to you had to do this task or whatever. You had to communicate in English, and you weren't necessarily you didn't feel um, prepared or necessarily equipped to do so. And I, I'm curious because we know that in Tanzania, your education system, your language of instruction is primarily Swahili. So
1: actually, or not? No. That, that, that fake news. Uh, yeah, that's fake news, my friend. I'll scratch oh. that okay <laughs> so in tanzania yeah the, the 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 media of teaching is normally english oh. in like from secondary school onwards it's all english unless you're doing a degree in swahili language or arabic language or something else yeah but in primary school um i th- government primary schools teach teaching swahili until grade seven but mm-hmm. most of the private primary schools teach in English. So technically, the the meaning of education is English. It's okay. just that sort of not in an English speaking culture.
0: Mm, makes sense. Makes sense. So English is more formal. It's like spoken in the formal setting, um, yes. not necessarily like at home or
1: in business. No, not, not, not necessarily at home, unless if you're from the kind of home that people speak English. Makes but sense. then again, everywhere else is Swahili. I mean, it, even if English is an official language, but Almost all the government engage, engagements are done in Swahili, like um, from parliamentary sessions to meetings. To I mean, a lot of stuff are like, almost everything is done in Swahili. There would be a translation of it somewhere. Like, if you're to write a letter to someone in the government, English Swahili would be okay, but most of the yeah. comu- most of the verbal communication is done in Swahili.
0: That makes sense. Here's my follow-up question. Um, so you know, when I when when I was in high school, we did. We also in Kenya, you have to, if you go to public school and if you go to, if you do the Kenyan national curriculum, you also have to do Swahili from, you know, your first day in school <laughs> till your last day, which I'm honestly, I loved it. When I was in school, I did not that much, but now that I'm done and I look back on my education experience, I really love it. <laughs> enjoyed that we we did Swahili literature because that meant we were reading African authors and we were reading stuff in our own society that we could like pinpoint in our own society that's I really loved that um, anyways so I, I was gonna say one of the things we talked about in when we did when we took Swahili was uh, we, we would con- we would talk about it as like what was it like we, we talked about the history or like the evolution of Kiswahili from you know mixing with Arabic to like the different languages at the coast different yeah. you know, Bantu dialects, etc. But one of the lim- I remember
1: we did that too.
0: Yeah, but one of the things that we also t- spoke about was like a limitation for Swahili is that the vocabulary vocabulary hasn't grown that much because it's not in use a lot, especially in academia, in science, um, you know, in research. So people, if if say for example you wanted to teach a complex, which is sad, if you wanted to teach a complex um, idea. In Swahili, you wouldn't be able to because you wouldn't have a specific terminology for, you know, say, like, I don't know. I mean, I don't want to say something that actually exists in Swahili. <laughs> like superior <laughs> by like so many levels. Um, but you know what I mean? That that And I'm, I guess my question for you is if you're going to teach in Swahili up until class seven or grade seven, Isn't there a point where it gets to be a little limited or no? Or is it because you've spoken, you guys use it so much that you now come up with the vocabulary vocabulary that's needed to, you know, talk about some of those, like, scientific terms or mechanical, whatever, you know, that kind of thing.
1: I do get what you're saying, and this is what I have to tell you in return. Yeah. I, I, I understand where you're coming from and, the, and what, why you're thinking what you're thinking because at the end of the day if there is an evolution or change or new vocabulary especially on the scientific like or especially on, on science fields and other complex vocabulary they, they are pretty much going to be like seen in the newer dictionaries or you know in the literature that is coming out as compared <laughs> to what you'd see on the streets i mean we talk about the same things every day how, yeah. how, how do you expect to have new vocabulary but then again but then again, if you, if you look at the, the newer texts available, mm-hmm. you'll find them. I mean, I, I, had, I, had, I had a five-year-old uh, dictionary, Swahili-English dictionary. I think it had Arabic language as well from the University of Dar es Salaam. And the things, I found them like, oh, my God. I mean, wait, this, this, this exists in Swahili? Like, mm-hmm. what, 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 like what, 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 is, what is this? I mean, I had done physics, chemistry. And, and biology and medicine and you 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 look at a word and be like, okay, what is this? Like you want you are wondering what that word means in English. And then there's a Swahili word for that. Oh, so I don't sick. think I don't think so I don't think the issue is the, the language not evolving. I think yeah. it's just that it's not it's probably not evolving in our day to day life because we talk about the same things. But academically if you were if we were to invest to get the new vocabulary out there, I don't think it would be a problem
0: yeah i guess so i mean it's it's
1: kind of yeah. like how, how 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 i've been speaking english for the past 10 years but then again when you practice for aisle exams you're like okay so this is this is fundamentally wrong how oh my, I, I know this, what you're, but this feels uh, right this feels correct
0: uh, oh yeah or you encounter words that you're like wait do people use this in day-to-day conversation yeah, yes. I get what you mean. I think, I think uh, probably. I mean, this text. well, we've really digressed, but I think this is important because I think when we were talking about uh, Swahili in my class, it was more. Uh, I guess it was in the, in in a setting where Swahili was used was taught as a language. It, it it wasn't used as a language of instruction. So we learned mm-hmm. it, you know, for for you to be able to speak good Swahili or Swahili Sanifu. But it wasn't like. Outside of Kiswahili classes, we weren't using Swahili at all. Interesting. I learned.
1: I learned. In, I learned to speak English when I was in grade six, and that's 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 because I moved to an all-Indian school. Yeah, but it was very difficult. I mean, it was very difficult to not think in Swahili language.
0: You know, that's true. Uh, you know, thank you for bringing that up because that's a conversation we have a lot about even the use of mother tongue in in language inst- oh, in in early childhood development because like yeah. honestly past three years if you learn there's so much research to show this that if you if you learn in your mother tongue you understand things better because you're able to make relations like me I, I don't have the exact theory to you know to to tell you okay this is what this researcher said i'm just you know thinking brainstorming it makes so much sense if if you go to class and you can relate what you're learning to class with things at home with your day-to-day activities you know you can do your homework with your parents with your you know what i mean like the learning process is way easier but it's also much more engaging of everything you know because sometimes i feel i feel like when when i'm when i'm speaking english just only English, there's a part of me that's been silenced because I'm so used to, (laughs) you know, and I don't know if you ever felt that way because you you can't, the language is, language is not just about communication, like a medium of communication. It's so much more, you know, it, it, I don't know, I don't want to go so so much different. No, I would
1: agree with you. I mean, a, a good example is how most Eastern languages are taught, like Chinese, Turkish, Arabic, Japanese. Like, yeah. you, like if, if there's a faculty for that in uni, it will be Japanese language and culture. It will mm-hmm. be Turkish language and culture. It will be, like, Chinese language and culture. It's only English that doesn't come with the culture pa- package. Because <laughs> it's, a, it, it's, it's, it's part of how they live. Yeah, and, what once you learn those languages, you kind of you kind of are able to think the way they think, and suddenly all the things that people make fun of make sense to you.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Wow, we really went into this. I thank you though for engaging me. I think I think it's also important.
1: <laughs> um, oh, yeah. I'm sorry. I tend to talk a lot. And no, no, with This is good. One actually,
0: one of the feedback I got from my loyal listeners was. Um, that so. Some, usually, when I when I do the episodes, I have sort of like an end goal of the conversation. Like when I started, I said we're gonna talk about post grad anxiety, um, and you know, my friend was like, you know, that's great, but sometimes we also kind of wanna know more about the person you're speaking to. We also wanna know how they're thinking <laughs> and etc. So. I, I, a more natural conversation, I think, is ideal, and that's I'm trying to practice that with you. So you're my first, you're my first experiment at this. Um, but you know, I still want to go back to post grad anxiety, and I, I, I don't know whether I, w- as I was, as I was, you know, before we, we, before we started recording, I told you that when I met you. So I met, I met uh, Natasha in Kampala. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> And, um, I was, so we were, we were interacting and we were talking about our different uh, experiences studying abroad versus going to college in back. I don't want to say Africa, but back in Tanzania. And mm-hmm. I really a difference. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but I, I, I think there's a, there's a bigger, like a stronger hustling spirit, uh, <laughs> in the back home versus, let me speak for myself, versus me who studied abroad. I, I feel like I'm less of a, of a hustler you know, like I'm not doing side things and I don't know whether that's because there's restrictions to how many things I can do when I'm here um, versus at home, you're more free. I don't know. I don't know what it is, to be honest. Do you have any comment on that?
1: I I, I think it's a personal thing, but then I think it's also about the environment. I mean, yeah. if, if if you want to compare someone studying there comp- like outside outside Tanzania or let's say outside Africa as compared to someone who studies here, Compare someone who studied here with, with in America studying in America. They probably have two jobs on the side. They probably are tutoring some kids in some other faculty and the kind of thing,
0: mm-hmm. right?
1: Yeah. Even even if even 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 if it's someone who doesn't have a student loan, they probably want to make some more cash and you know get get cash to spend and have summer jobs and the kind of thing, right?
0: Oh, you mean in the U.S. And actually, yes. Well, I think that's that's also. I, that's that's that, that's very dependent on whether or not you're you're a what's it called you're a citizen or like a, a resident because there are many restrictions about the things you can and cannot do. So I think so that's
1: that, that's my that's I, exactly my point in the sense that I don't think you're giving yourself a fair comparison, comparing yourself studying abroad there and someone who's studying here.
0: Because yeah. even
1: if you have the need to work, their the, the situation would not. I mean, I look at I have I have friends studying in Malaysia and someone studying in Turkey or Japan. They're like. I wish I'd gotten a job, but it's very difficult to get a job here as a foreigner. Yeah. They, even if you, if there were not legal restrictions, it's just, that the, it's just that the culture is not very forgiving sometimes or they wouldn't allow you to do this kind of thing or they're wondering, like, why is this foreigner doing this kind of thing? As mm. compared to here, you're free to do what you want. So it depends. If you're a person who's laid back and happy to get your student loan, you probably just be, you know, going to class, coming back, looking pretty, party after party and all that kind of thing but then again people hustle like you know p- people have like part-time jobs, they sell clothes, yeah. they sell electronics, they sell yeah. used stuff So but, I mean but- it really depends on the kind of person that you are if your student loan is helping you enough if you have other responsibilities. like people who have a lot of like people who, with, who, who have dependent family members like siblings or parents who depend on them really do a lot of stuff like they can really stretch the student loan to the maximum. And you'd yeah. be wondering how, they, how they're how they living. But then again, someone who's just, you know, them on their own, like school fees is covered, they get their student loan, they pretty much be living like, you know, one yeah. in the next class, one in the next party.
0: Yeah, that's right. Natasha, have you ever been in a situation where you just had no idea what to do? <laughs> like, <laughs> what, what next? <laughs> I, I'm I'm trying to bring this conversation back to, you you've graduated and you feel like you're just this person in the middle of the ocean and all you see is water and you don't know what to do i didn't i yeah i that's it like you just don't know what to do because
1: i feel like if that's going to happen that's going to happen in the coming one or two months after i've exhausted all the phone calls i'm to make i'm still at home maybe that might happen (laughs) but i'm praying it won't Makes sense. But I'm praying it won't because I think I left a lot of stuff going on before I started my medical internship.
0: Yeah. So I think
1: I should at least be able to go back. Like until now, until now, I've probably met one or two people who are like, oh, you're back to the streets now. Give me a phone call. I'm like, okay, at least that's a plan. But then again, it depends on what you're you're doing at uni. Like I said, being prepared is all that matters. Yeah. Yeah. Wait. am am, Am I a very bad interviewee? Like, No, (laughs) (laughs) in all honesty I I wanted someone
0: to yeah I you know I was I was I was I was hoping to have a conversation about the struggle because that's what I went through maybe I'll talk about it because for me for example um like I said I, I guess I had some plan you know not not really not really um rock solid but it was there and um things didn't go as planned uh for a while and it was just It was a period of confusion, I think. Um, After I graduated, I was like, wow, uh, four years have gone by and I don't even know. Like, I don't, like, it's my liberal arts degree. Like I said, it's like, what do I do now? Um, What did I study for four years? What did I do? Um, How did I grow? Those kinds of things. Um, And, you know, I just sat there and I was like, I really don't know where to go from here. I don't know what to start doing. Uh, You know, like, yeah, networking, yeah talk to people etc figure out find something fun to do all that but it was more of a personal thing of like an internal battle of dang i really don't feel like i did my oh you know i'm at my best and
1: no i mean i would really understand you've talked to a lot of like friends who are, who go through those phases but somehow most people from the medical field don't have much of that mm-hmm. because it's it's really simple the things you can get into like there's either this or that yeah it's either you're going to practice or you're not going to practice if you're going to practice what like so do i know what which route am i taking or am i just going to practice for you know like get a get get a gp job for two years and then decide or if i'm not going to practice which ngo or am i going to get a master's in public health or something else Mm. i don't know i i think i think because there isn't much happening on this side or at least I guess the hustle is not as big as everywhere else, but it's still there. I can promise. People are still jobless at home, but it's just that, I guess, if if it happens, I don't have anything to do right now, or I make all the phone calls there is in the world, then everything goes the other way around. Yeah. Uh, maybe maybe I'll have a cooking business. (laughs) (laughs) I like all your. your, I like baking. I'm a foodie. I may as well make a living out of that.
0: That's so funny. I like how you have all your side plans, you know, it's (laughs) I guess that's... It's it's important. It's like, yeah, you have this plan A that you really care about, I guess, Um, but then have like 500 other things on the side that you would fall back on if this... My friend, you
1: you cannot be jobless at home because they're going to ask you when you're getting married. You're like, okay, this is (laughs) when this is when you ask them. You've been telling me for the past 25 years, boys are bad, and now someone is supposed to come out of thin air. Right? That, that sounds right to you? And <laughs> you're sounds supposed
0: okay? To, right, and you're supposed to unlearn that also. You know, it's like, oh, they've been bad for 25 years. And then all of a sudden, when you're 26, they're the best thing in the world, which yeah. is ridiculous. Anyways, yeah. But that's a conversation for another day. <laughs> but I, 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 uh,
1: I, I think yeah. we've had a lot of conversations for another day. Are you probably going to book me for five more, like, <laughs> episodes <laughs> for, how, how is this, how is this is going to work? That's
0: true. no, no, no. We we. This is you know. This is cool. I really like this. That it was more natural, flowing, naturally flowing. I like that. Yeah, um, yeah. We'll we'll look. We'll bo- definitely book you. We'll be watching you and um, following your you know cooking business. If if medicine fails, <laughs> <laughs> etc. You know, I actually I still I'm I'm one of those people who meets medicine uh, who meets um doctors or you know students who have graduated from the school of medicine. And I'm just like wow i'm just impressed at how you do it i'm impressed at how you you're you're okay working with those dead bodies because that's what they are cadaver makes it sound great but those dead bodies your first year and then like you go on to study so hard you do all the blood thing. i'm like wow. <laughs> honestly we do all the blood thing.
1: i don't know how i don't know how they do it <laughs> I don't know how they do it in the US, but here there's nothing like blood thing. If there's anything that involves blood, they're going to get it from you. Like literally. You're not going to find a sample. So it's fun. Yeah. It has been fun to be honest.
0: That's nice. Well, I'm happy for you and you know, thank you so much.